What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an episode of Bloke in a Bar, where I sit down with one of the goats, Jonathan Thurston. Do not forget, Bloke jerseys dropping next Monday, 6 p.m., limited amount. Once they're gone, they are gone. 99 bucks, set your alarms. Massive thanks to, you to Nine for uh, letting us use their offices to interview the great Jonathan Thurston. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode. Oh, it was an honour to sit down with Thurston. Here is the incredible story. Incredible story. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an episode of Bloke in a Bar. Thanks to the absolute legends over at Nine. You can go to Nine now and watch actually the most ever free rugby league on nine now streaming and it's all free on nine now so head over to nine now to watch your footy uh i love to watch my footy on the weekend there also just quietly just quickly you might see me working wearing an absolutely beautiful jersey these will be live very soon i think it'll be next monday at 6 p.m so set aside the cash but let's get all of that out of the way because we've got the great jonathan Thurston. how you going brother yeah really well thank you mate thank you for coming on how many how many podcasts have you done I don't know, actually. Yeah, because like <laughs> when we were coming in, yeah. I was like, I can't, because if you had done a podcast, we would have listened to it. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to think, have you done many of them? No, I don't, not that I can think of. Yeah. So we did a little bit uh, when COVID hit with um, stories of origin and things like that. Oh, that was yeah, mad. So, that was mad. Um, but that's pretty much all I can think about. Yeah. They was, how good were those stories of origin? That was so sick. <laughs> Do them again, please, please. Um, how, how, how funny is it like when we were coming through? Because you debuted 2004? Three, uh, two, two, 2002. 2002. So I was, I'd have been a few years after you, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, but obviously, 2005 yeah. when I was like training and that. Could you imagine our, our coaches pulling their hair out with their young players going on podcasts and that? <laughs> they lose their mind, bro. That'd be cancelled. <laughs> but we used to, used to honestly, if there's some drama happened at the Bronx, they used to bring us into a room, bro, and tell us what to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how hectic it used to be. Yes. Now the boys just say what they want. <laughs> yeah, especially at the Broncos. <laughs> hey? Talking about the coaches and that. <laughs> and a bit of strike. <laughs> Mate, um, how you going? Obviously, you know, you've, been, you've retired for quite a while now, but you're, in your, you're doing your nine stuff now. What's been going on? Yeah, so uh, I think it's my fifth year out of the game, so uh, pretty settled uh, mm. with life off the field now. The first couple <coughs> of years was a fair bit going on, a lot of opportunities come up, mm. so I uh, took those with both hands, but uh, with that, kept me away from home quite a bit, so mm. um, yeah, I've got a young family, so just trying to create that work-life balance now, um, yeah. try and put them first, but yeah, life's good, uh, Channel Nine's going great, um, got an uh, business which is a the Jonathan Thurston Academy which is um, uh, a well-being education and uh, employment um, academy so yep. yeah that's going really well got new staff that have been running pretty hard the last couple of months so mm. um, that's going well and got a small share in an aviation business in far north Queensland so yep. um, yeah got things going on got so. hey, a bit on got more than me <laughs> I thought I was working mate the, the Jonathan Thurston Academy walk, walk us through the whole I guess where to go of what it means to you then to how you hope to impact and also how people can get involved yeah so um 2010 was a big year for me um that was the first indigenous all-stars match and yeah. um whilst i always knew that i was in the aboriginal mm. i didn't know too much about our family history and, and our culture and yep. we did an exercise with dr chris sara he said if you know much about your family history and culture stand at this end of the room if you don't know much stand at that end of the room so mm. i was at that end of the room yeah and okay. after that i rang mom and said oh, i want to find out more about 
you know, I knew she grew up at Mitchell, which is out past Roma. Yep. Um, so she said, that's men's business. I'm like, what's men's business? And she goes, well, you know, your grandfather and uncle's got to take you out there. So mum's one of 13. I rang my grandfather, uh, took, I think, four of my uncles and about a half a dozen of me cousins. We drove a bus out there, did traditional dancing, meeting Pops family out there. And um, a few hours uh, into Mitchell and then, um, yeah, rang mum, letting her know that we'd arrived safely. And it just had this calming influence on me and mm. I said to mum I feel like I've been here before I was 27 years of age wow. and um mum said oh, I took you out there when you're a baby and that just oh, blew wow. my mind wow I was there as a kid like a baby yeah uh, obviously I couldn't remember yeah. but 27 years of age wow. just had this calming influence and this uh connection to my mother's land out there so mm. um yeah, so I started to think, you know, what am I going to do with my post footy? Mm. And um, that's when I started to become uh, ambassador for different um, organisations, uh, yep. helping Indigenous youth. And I really liked the success stories uh, of those uh, programs that I was an ambassador for. And mm. I really enjoyed that. So I knew I couldn't be ambassador for those programs for the rest of my life. So, um, yeah. I started uh, JT Academy. Um, we had conversations with my manager and a couple others uh, in 2016, and then we launched in 2018. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so things just sort of come from that. We got some funding, federal funding, uh, for the JT Believe program. Uh, so that's the education programs we run in Yarraba, Kawanyama, and Thursday Island. Yep. Uh, so that's been uh, a real. Um, real success uh, for the academy. Um, really enjoyed, you know, mingling with the kids and um, you know just inspiring them that you know they can achieve their dreams too. It doesn't matter that they're just from Yarrabah or yep. Kawanyama or Ti. Um, you know, if they want to be the prime minister of Australia, they can be. Absolutely. So, yeah, just trying to inspire that next generation. Um, we run employment programs as well and. Uh, we've just started a um, an early intervention crime prevention program as well, which has been yep. pretty successful. So we've been running that with uh, Queensland Police and Youth Justice. So, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, that. And, mm. um, yeah, so uh, that's been going really well. We've got, you know, a handful of staff uh, that are working really hard uh, for it. And, yep. um, but, yeah, that's where I get my success stories now. You know, when I retired from rugby league, I... I always live for the moments. Yeah. Like I lo that's what I loved about the game. You know, mm. when the game was on the line, give me the ball. Yeah. Um. So that was my fear. Where am I going to find that post footy? Yeah. And um. Yeah. I just changed my mindset now uh, with the academy, and you know, we got a lot of great success stories, and that's where I find my moments now. Other than you know, with my children. Yeah. It's it's such an interesting. Like as a as a white Australian, I remember when Drow Drow Yayi. And he, he said to me, this was years and years ago, he was like, mate, I don't really know my culture. And it blew my mind. I thought I thought we'd moved past that. Do you know what yeah, I mean? As in, yeah. I thought that like we'd done enough education today where Indigenous people would, but it clearly shows that we're still struggling with that gap that happened. Yeah, yep. So um, again, you know, when I went to school, um, it was all about the arrival of the First Fleet, mm. um, all about celebrating... Australia Day. Um, yes, I celebrated NAIDOC week uh, as well. I'm a proud Indigenous man um, from my mum's country. So, um, yeah, but we've still got a long way to go. Mm. Uh, yes, we have come a, a, a long way. Um, you know, I still 
you know, mum tells me stories of, you know, what her childhood was like and um, mm. it was a pretty rough upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and mum's one of 13, so um, – but in saying that, they sort of shielded us from uh, the things that happened to them. Mm. Um, and, yeah, but you hear, you know, a lot of stories. Um, and, you know, because of the Indigenous All-Stars, you know, one of the big things that I wanted was uh, to get a true representation and a, a true history lesson on the history of our nation. And yep. uh, we'd uh, done that and that was a real eye-opener. Um, we had, I think it's Gary Foley uh, that started the tent embassy mm. at um, Parliament House in, in Canberra. So he come and spoke about how that all happened. Um, you know, the stolen generation, um, Pomawau, who's a famous, um, you know, fought the white people here, mm. uh, you know, in the 1700s when they were taking out the, the land out towards Parramatta. So, yep. um, yeah, getting a true understanding and a history of our, our nation. Um, you know, the, 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 the battles... Uh, that our ancestors and our elders fought. Mm. Um, you know, my generation afforded the freedoms uh, that they were not. So um, I'm in a posi position to, I suppose, help create a little bit of social change uh, mm. with our people. And, you know, my Indigenous culture lies at the core of who I am <coughs> as a person. So mm. um, I'm very passionate about that and, and giving back to the community. So, yeah, through rugby league, that's been able to happen. And yeah. You know, um, but you know, rugby league doesn't define me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I always it always shocks me when a lot of people don't even realise that you know the indigenous culture is the oldest culture, continuous culture in the world, and you have to think like, we even though we've made so much progress and everything else, there's still a lot to learn from something that, like when you think about it, what the the, the pyramids were around what four or five thousand years ago. <laughs> That's like. A fraction <laughs> of 65, 70,000. You know what yeah. I mean? That's a fraction. Yep. And yet we revert that. Why don't we revert? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, again, you know, we've had some great trailblazers uh, before us, um, you know, fight for Indigenous rights and mm. we're still fighting for those rights. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't get into the political side of, of things and, mm. you know, I believe that um, – you know, through rugby league, I've been able to you know create a bit of that social change and, and inspire sure. the next generation of our our kids. Um, like I said, uh, just because they're from Cow and Yama doesn't mean that you know they can run in the Olympics or yep. play in the NRL or be a doctor or lawyer, mechanic, whatever they choose to be in their life. Um, mm. You know, with the right support network around them, um, mm. hopefully they can achieve their dreams too. Now, take us back to a, actually before we get young fella up. What are your thoughts on the game today? You know, because a player like yourself, and obviously I haven't played a small amount of games to you, but, like, I just think you would kill it in today's, you know, fast pace <laughs> yeah. on the front footy, uh, front foot footy. What do you think about today's game? Yeah, um, I really enjoy watching it. Mm. Um, I would love to have uh, played in it. Yep. Uh, obviously, the ball's in play a lot more. Mm. Um, you know, the, the six again rule has uh, brought a lot more fatigue in the game, which, you know, brings the smaller person mm. uh, into the game as well. So, yeah, no doubt I would have uh, really enjoyed uh, today's game. Mm. Um, again, you know, player safety's at the forefront of the game now as well. So mm. um, it's certainly changed 
since I retired. Uh, <laughs> <Imagine> you'd, <laughs> you're you're so. digging into the line these days. You would have been loving it. You'd be like, I can't even get it. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but that was, that was what I got, got paid for. And, uh, you know, if I had to take a hit to uh, create a bit of space for mm. uh, my outside men, that's what I'd do for the team. So, mm. um, yeah, but really enjoy watching the game now. They're, yeah, extremely fit I prided myself on my fitness mm. uh, trying to be you know the fittest at the club and one of the fittest in the game so mm. um, yeah playing in today's game I think that re- would have really suited my style oh mate absolutely absolutely it's uh, I think it's in a good space like I think it's, obviously the game always has things we can improve on but I just love the fact that we get to see because I do think there was a period when the wrestle was at its peak that the little fellas just kind of couldn't find their gaps anywhere because yeah. it was so slow. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, oh, I think it's exciting. Isn't it? Anyway, it takes us back to a, a young fella. Uh, born in Brizzy. Brizzy, yes. Mate. <laughs> what happened there? What's going on, so, Wayno? <laughs> speak to me. What's doing? Yeah, so there's a few of us uh, that come through there. I know, Smithy uh, as well. Smithy. Uh, yep. Uh, Cooper. Uh, Billy uh, down there as well. Dallas. Stop, so, stop, yeah, sir. This goes on. But um, yeah, grew up in Brizzy. Mum, as I said, grew up in Mitchell with most of her family and then uh, moved to Brizzy. Uh, born in 83, raised there, um, playing rugby league. Dad uh, played footy. Uh, most of my uncles played footy. Mm. And then, yeah, year 11 and 12, then I made the switch to from Brizzy and got an opportunity to move to Toowoomba to do year 11 and 12 at St. Mary's College. But, yep. um, yeah, still got some great mates. Um, grew up playing at South Sunnybank. Mm. Um, grew up at Sunnybank School of Hard Knocks. Uh, <laughs> Got to be tough to grow up there. <laughs> South Brisbane, bro. South yeah. Brisbane. <laughs> so, no, I had a great upbringing. Uh, mum and dad, um, you know, worked um, pretty hard to give uh, my brothers and, and my sister uh, as much as they could. And, um, you know, they made a lot of sacrifices, you know, for me personally and uh, my siblings uh, to achieve what they wanted to achieve. So, mm. yeah, um, got a great support network around me with the family as well. So um, if it wasn't for them, no doubt I wouldn't be where I am today. But, yeah, grew up in Brizzy and, yeah, had that opportunity. And that was a, probably a turning <coughs> point in my life. Yeah. Um, I was hanging around. Uh, oh, I'm still mates with those boys today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I was uh, going down a path that um, yeah, it wasn't great. And mm. um, through having a good support network around me and good family support, uh, I was able to break that cycle. And mm. um, yeah, I always wanted to play rugby league, and I got that opportunity. Do you think if let's say rugby league just didn't exist and you didn't play sport? Do you think you're almost an impossible chance to break the cycle? Did it really give you a focus each week? Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember in grade 10, uh, one of my mates, uh, when grade 10 finished, he uh, did a butcher's apprenticeship. Mm. Uh, so he left straight away after grade 10 and I asked mum if I could do an electrical apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she uh, shot that down pretty quickly and said, no, yep. you will be uh, completing grade 12. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah. my uncle got me that opportunity, but... Yeah, you know, rugby league was always a big uh, part of my life mm. uh, as a kid. Grew up supporting the uh, Canberra Raiders and then, you know, through the 90s, uh, wasn't mad. Uh, Darren Lockyer. Uh, uh, the great D-Lock. <laughs> yeah. hey, the great D-Lock. So, I remember when he tackled me for the first time, I was like, I got tackled by Lockie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Brizzy's home, uh, always will be. Um, and, yeah, really enjoyed it. And so was it always from a young age that you, you know, because – 
when you when you come up through the grades, there's a few boys that is just like these are the boys, and they stay there, they stay there. Then there's a few boys that bloom late. Then there's a few boys that you know you could they're never going to make it or whatever. Where did you kind of sit in that bracket? Um, so the belief in myself never wavered, mm. um, and I was you know <laughs> always the smallest. Yeah, um, but. Um, you know, I'd, yeah, I just loved rugby league that much. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I made some junior rep teams um, and then through my teenage years at 13, 14, uh, 15, that's when I sort of just fall by the wayside and not make those uh, representative teams and then, yeah, moved to Toowoomba and then that's when it all started to, um, yeah, I suppose, move in a new direction for me. So, yeah. Mm. Um, I was sort of in thereabouts, but not 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 really. Yeah. Okay. So so St Mary's is rugby league school. Yeah. Yep. So and so did that give you a bit there. of like I guess a bit better training, a bit better work playing with better players, or yeah. Um, I suppose yeah. I think it was because it was an all boys school too, so there was no distractions. <laughs> so that helped. Yeah. Uh, yep. That helps. Well, but um, it was a real brotherhood uh, yeah, okay. there as well. So mm. you know everyone looked after each other. Um, and yeah, I lived with the family. Um, their eldest son was playing local A grade, uh, so I'd go to footies training with him. And yep. uh, the younger son was a year below for me, and we'd go to school together. So I mm. uh, did that for a year, and um, I think I might have played uh, 19s that year as a 16 year old, and then I think 17 um, yeah, wow. started playing local A grade and yep. in grade 12. So my footy just sort of took off and. Um, yeah, uh, started making those representative teams again and then uh, school finished because um, I put all my eggs in the one basket with, with rugby league and <laughs> yeah, yeah. like most kids yeah, that want to yeah. do it. And uh, yeah, I had no clubs to go to uh, when wow. uh, school finished and I was like, Shit, <laughs> now I've got to find a job. <laughs> like, I, gotta, I don't want to go back to Brisbane and um, – yeah. One of the boys I was playing footy with, he was the uh, head butcher at Coles, so I mm. uh, asked if there was any work going around, so I was a butcher's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you butchered New South Wales for a few years, so you still are one, eh? <laughs> so, yeah, I did that uh, for about six months, and then um, I think I played Queensland 19s as an 18-year-old mm. and uh, played pretty well, and then... I think Nathan Brown rang me uh, the night after uh, to go to Wollongong. Yep. Um, but mum said if I'm moving to Sydney, I had to uh, live near my manager. Uh, who oh, lived, smart. Uh, at Strathfield. That's really smart. In Sydney. So uh, shot that, mum shot that down <laughs> with uh, Nathan Brown and then I uh, got a training trial with uh, the Bulldogs. Wow. So you're, eight, you're 18, 18 years old, 18, no club. Yeah. No club, yeah. So. Far out. Like a few of us. That's um, that's mind blowing to be honest. Because yeah. like, because as as you'd know, like the, the guns, they're they're in first grade squads at eighteen, 18 years old. Yeah, and you yeah. get that anxiety of like, oh, like because your mates are getting picked up and they've got the gear and they're in the squads and you're sitting yeah. there watching them going, oh, what's happening? Yeah. So through those teenage years, um, I think it like really put a chip on my shoulder. Mm. Uh, because if you're half decent and brizzy, you had a scholarship with the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, 
was, I don't think Smithy had one either. So, uh, <laughs> oh but coming coming to coming to footy games, you'd see the boys. Uh, you know what the problem Broncos was? I had one, <laughs> and I didn't even play rugby league. That's where we went wrong. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, when I used to yeah come up against them, or mm. you know play with a chip on my shoulder, and um, yep. yeah, want to perform really well against them because they'd rock up in their Broncos tracksuits. Yeah. That was a Nike too back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Mad Nikes, bro. They were the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so do you think that w- was, you know, was the reason that was always said to you, oh, size-wise, defence-wise, what was the reason that you got relayed to you as to why you didn't have a club? Um, yeah, just as a small uh, kid, um, you know, like I said, I was uh, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing as well. So okay, a little that bit rough help. around the edges. <laughs> yep. um, and yeah, a bit of trouble uh, through those teenage years. But also, uh, yeah, just size was too small. Mm. Uh, tackling was never my strong point. But uh, <laughs> I worked uh, as hard as I could at it. And um, yeah, so they were pretty much the report cards you get back from, yeah. from scouts. Mm. And so you moved down, you're a Brizzy boy. You get the training trial from the Bulldogs. When you get down there, is it a like a massive shock? Yeah, proper. Yeah, yeah, like so different. Holy! Yeah. And I was at the Bulldogs' house as well, so okay, right yeah. in the heart of Belmore. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, Ricky Stewart was the Jersey flag coach uh, back then, and um, yeah, so I was washing cars at Pickles Auctions. <laughs> Um, so Pickles bad, it was so cold <laughs> <laughs> going down there. But um, yeah, you know, like I was, my dream and my you know motivation was rugby league. And mm. um, so you know, if I had to wash a thousand cars to play rugby league, I'll, that was my mindset. Yeah. And um, yeah, did that. Um, Ricky Stewart, I think about six weeks in, um, I was just training, um, no footy and. Started getting homesick. Uh, Sticky seen me crying uh, yeah. in the sheds there at Belmore. Um, had a good conversation with him. Um, he said, you know, if you go home, uh, if I send you home this weekend, uh, promise me you'll come back. And said, yeah, I'll promise. Um, mm. I had no intentions of coming back to Sydney. But yeah, well, yeah. luckily for mum and dad, they put me on the plane. So I went home for the weekend. It did me the world of good seeing family. And then, um, yeah, Ricky Stewart said... Um, going to play off the bench in Jersey flag this uh, week. We'll fly your mum and dad down for that. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a big occasion. And then, yeah, the footy just sort of took off. Um, started in the halves about three games in, I think. Uh, halfback went into reserve grade and then I started in the halves. And then those days you'd sit on the bench mm. for reserve grade. So, yeah, yeah I think my first <coughs> reserve grade game um, – Sat on the bench. Kevin Moore was the coach, and we're playing Parramatta uh, at the showgrounds. And uh, Stephen Hughes goes down with the Hemi, and uh, they say you're going to play in the centres. I'm like the centres, what? And then I get out there and I look across me, and it's Willie Tonga. Oh <laughs> go, no! Oh no! But um, we end up winning actually. So yeah, yeah Matty Utai was my winger, so oh, <laughs> you just had it. to good. yeah find him with a little bit of space, and he did the rest. So yep. yeah, it sort of took off pretty quickly from there. It's uh, such a. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like if you didn't have a former NRL player coach, he may have been too harsh on you and said, like, you know, you're not going home and and whatever. But I think, like, Ricky Stewart, for him to understand, look, I need to just give this kid a bit of empathy. 
yeah, and shown yeah. and trust. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I was a Canberra Raiders fan, so when yeah. I had that sticky was the the Jersey flag coach, I yep. was like, oh, how good! Mm. So yeah, I got a great relationship uh, with Sticky, and mm. um, like I said, he showed that empathy, um, and he's got a good read on his players and how they're mm. feeling. So um, yeah, and you know, he uh, gave me my first uh, Test jersey as well in two thousand and six. No so. Way. Yeah, got a really good relationship with him and um, very glad that, you know, he showed, uh, let me go home uh, yeah. for that. And, um, yeah, I got a lot to owe to, to Sticky. Yeah, that's crazy. Just, do you reckon he watched Origin in 2008 and was like, oh, fuck, I'll <laughs> maybe I should have been a bit harsh on the kid. He's a good man. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, often over, overlooked with Stick. Like, you know, you we see the press conference, and I, I love it, but there's a reason why the players that play with him, you know, Going to bat for him, they love him. Yeah, he has that good yeah. relationship, you know. Yeah, no, he's always had that, um, <laughs> and yeah, he's got a great understanding of these uh, players and the care that he shows for his players. So mm. uh, he's hard, um, but you know, if you if you're doing the right things and um, you know you're putting the team first, um, yeah, he'll do whatever he can uh, to help you be the best that you can, and. Um, you know, he always said that um, better people make better footy players, so mm. he's mm. really big on that. Mate, I think what he's done at Canberra is outstanding. Um, okay, so you, you get up in reserve grade and you play centres. Did you then move into the halves later that year or did it take the next year? Yeah, so, um, so I was still on a training trial um, and then 2002, I think I got the full-time contract. Oh, what was um, that like? Do you remember that day? Yeah. The, mate, the first full-time contract, you, you're just like, <laughs> stop it. Um, finally, finally. So, but yeah, I had to work hard for it. Um, and yeah, I think Jersey Flag, uh, we won the grand final uh, that year mm. um, and then 2002 we won the reserve grade grand final as well and yeah it made me debut and I think round five or round six against Penrith uh, of 2002 playing um, wow. yeah. so, so that's about what a year and a half yeah just just over would have been about 12 months from getting to um, oh, yeah getting to Sydney uh, with the dogs wow uh, going from a training trial to making your debut your debut that's incredible. Do, so do you remember how it all – actually, do you remember rocking up to the first grade training and is there any session or just – what was the – because, like, usually as a rookie when you rock up, you're, you're blown – you're like, this is too much. Like, this is hectic. This is hectic. <laughs> right. Well, even, like, flag and reserve grade, you wouldn't talk to the first grade boys. Yeah, no like, way. You're just like, yep. you know, stay away from them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, and – that side was stacked. Mm. Um, you know, we had international state of origin players. Mm. Um, we had, you know, people with great work ethic. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I walked into a, a really good system. Mm. Um, and, yeah, no doubt they had a big part of, of my development. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I'm a loyal person and, you know, I would have loved to have stayed there. But, um <laughs> You know, things pan out for a reason. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm forever grateful for the opportunity that the dogs uh, took on me. And, um, yeah, I ended up you know, coming off the bench in 2004 for the grand final in the NRL. Big baggy jersey? Yeah. <laughs> what was that, like 3XL? What's going on there? Yeah. You're surely getting the man a, a, a medium. <laughs> it was extra medium. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was a quick rise uh, to, to it all. But... 
um, yeah, like when I uh, walked in there, they were all welcoming too, uh, all those boys, you know, like mm. Steve Reardon, um, Tough as Nails, um, Willie Mason, um, Steve Price, you know, he had a big influence on me as well. Mm. Um, you know, Braith was playing for Australia at the time. Mm. I think Sherwin was the first player to sign a five-year deal. Mega deal. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Grimaldi, you know. Um, Luke Patton, was he playing? Yeah, General the was general. there. Yep, so um, Hazamel Masri, Nigel Vangana. Oh, Vangana. Yeah, so ah. she was she was, Vangana was underrated, bro. Yeah, I so rated him. She was stacked, but um, you know the people behind the scenes as well. Um, you know Gary Carden and and the likes. Mm. Um, that helped uh, with my development uh, off the field as well. So yeah, it's a great club. And your debut. Do you remember how it came about? Do you remember the conversation at all? Or I uh, can't now, but um, yeah, uh, Folksy was the coach uh, back then, and um, yeah, I remember the the game. Uh, Pretty clearly. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we ended up – yeah, it was against Penrith out at Penrith. Mm. And, you know, I just remember um, – because you warm up on the backfield. Yeah, the backfield, The yeah. backfield, so – but, you know, we had Marco Mealy. Actually, Ogre was uh, the front rower as oh, well. So, But, yeah, you just like, is this happening? Mm. Like, I'm playing alongside these blokes yeah. that are just, you know, the, the best of their – their their position and um yeah you sort of it's a pinch me moment yeah um yeah it was a a dream come true and so fast forward obviously because essentially during that era if i recall correctly it was you and the roosters that were like pretty much the favorites to win the comp yeah and you had some pretty historic battles in that period yeah um did was it the grand final that you beat them Roosters? Who did yeah, yeah, so that was in 04. Because um, didn't they, the year before or something, they beat you in a prelim? Or, I, I yeah, could be wrong. Yeah, yep, okay. Yep. Prelim. Um, and I think 2002 <coughs> was the uh, salary cap. So yep. we didn't play in the finals. That yeah, was okay. the year that the Roosters won. So 2004, so. leading into the grand final. Because you, you had only played nine games at this stage. So yeah, you're still kind of yep. a bit on the fringe of first grade, really. Yeah, yep. So, and I'd also made the decision to go to North Queensland. Mm. So in round two or three, I think I broke my leg. So I was out for three months and then uh, made the decision to go to uh, the Cowboys. And when I'd come back from my broken leg, I was just, uh, yeah, just playing reserve grade. And um, I only played a couple more games of NRL. um, And then, yeah, I think the first week the Cowboys played the Bulldogs in the uh, semis and mm. the dogs uh, got towed up by the cowboys. Um, then the second week, uh, folks, he picks me off the bench. Yeah, um, I score a try, set up a couple. Oh, and I'm stop like, it. Yeah, Let's I'm go. Like, There's no way he can drop me after <laughs> this. And then uh, he calls me in and uh, says I'm going for a bigger uh, bench. Uh, I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, and yeah, Pricey hurt his uh, knee, but. I remember we went and watched uh, the Roosters play the Cowboys and, um, you know, I was no chance of playing and so I had a big night with a, a couple of the boys. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah the next day, 
Uh, Benny Harris was a part of it too, so I think he didn't. Um, <laughs> he missed the first three training sessions because of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> oh, holy shit! So and, uh, I know, and then I think uh, yeah, folks who called me in, uh, I think it was on the on the Monday morning, and I was shitting bricks. So yeah. I was like, I didn't do anything wrong last night. Like we're just back at general's place we had a few drinks like what's he calling me in for and <laughs> like heavily hung over <laughs> yeah. and yeah he's like oh what are your parents doing this week and um just watching the game he goes well i'm gonna pick you off the bench and then my mind's just gone i've been on the piss all night <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great start to my preparation for the biggest <laughs> yeah. game of my life yeah but, yeah. Um, yeah so unfortunately for pricey he got injured uh, against penrith in the prelim mm. and um yeah if he didn't get injured I'll, there's no way i would have played and yeah um we end up winning and i uh, just yeah remember you know the, the, the grand final rings are numbered one to 17 mm. i wore jersey number 18 mm. and uh so they gave me the number 10 uh ring mm. and yeah, as soon as I opened it and seen it, uh, I grabbed Pricey and I said, hey, there's no one more deserving than you uh, yeah. that deserves this uh, premiership ring because uh, he had a big influence on me in my time uh, mm. in in Sydney. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was my time at the Dogs. So I really enjoyed it. Wow, far out. Do you remember anything from the game, like any you know little moment? Um, was it all blur? Yeah, it's... Uh, I think I tried to do a show and go, and uh, <laughs> uh, Adrian Morley uh, <laughs> got a hold of me. So, oh, no. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think I was on a short side. I did a yeah fifth tackle kick down the, on got just inside the corner post for yep. a scrum. So, but yeah, the celebrations after that. I remember we got to Belmore, and you know the boys would hold the trophy up. And I remember when Sonny picked the trophy up and yeah. went to the front of the bus because we're in a double-decker bus, oh, open roof, yeah, yeah, and yeah. this place just – it was like the the, yeah. the bus shook when he lifted wow. that trophy. So, um, yeah, there's probably the things that stick out the most. What, what's it like as a young fella? Because Freddie obviously would have been across from you. Yeah. And you're sitting there like this. He's at the peak of his career, the yeah. zenith, you know? Yeah, I know. So um, that was his final ever game too. So oh, mate. Tired. Yeah, so. <laughs> I shouldn't be bringing this up. <laughs> but, I mean, what an incredible experience yeah. to be able to oh, share a grand final with yeah. Freddie Fitler. Freddie, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think he's over 30 games for the Blues. Yep. Um, and that was the year where he won the series for the Blues. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, he won premierships. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you remember all those little things uh, mm. as well. And like I said, you know, um, yeah, you, you reflect on those. But, yeah, sharing the, the field with those types of people, Crazy. you don't forget. Um, okay, so the decision to go to the Cowboys, you, so the Cowboys had made the prelim that year. That year. So they had a, a relatively – Good squad, but it was the first time I think they'd made the prelim. Yes, that was the first time they'd made the finals. Yeah, finals. Uh, Is that what excited you? Um, yes, I made the decision halfway through 2004. Um, but the Decision really come down to playing uh, alongside Matty Bowen. Oh, mate. Don't worry, I was going to talk about that. I was going to talk about so, that. Um, and um, 
QAS camps that Wayne Bennett set up. Um, so I'd done a couple of those and uh, mm. a few of those boys were in that. Matty Bowen, Ty Williams, Josh Hannay, Matty Singh. Uh, so sort of had a bit of a relationship with those boys. So, yeah, that decision made it easier uh, mm. for me to go north and to be back into Townsville, uh, back into uh, Queensland as well. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was... Oh, I remember watching Mango and just going, mate. Geez, it'll be nice to play alongside <sighs> him, and uh, yeah, formed a really good uh, combination. Really man. good. It's an understatement. <laughs> 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 I um, so I, I I'm I was always when I I don't know why I was confident, but I was always really confident in my ability, even though I'd only just started playing rugby league, and so I was always like had a, in my mind, you play, you play, you just got to work hard. You will play first grade. You will play first grade. The first time I ever got intimidated as to whether I could play first aid or not play first aid, I was up North Queensland playing for the Clydesdales <laughs> and I saw Matty Bowen at the back. And at that time, I think I was playing fullback. And I was like, I can't play. Like, if that's the level of fullback, what am I doing? I may as well pack her up. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'd never seen someone glide across the field as Mate, quick. He can just turn on a 10 cent piece um he could get from here to there mm. in a matter of you know two or three steps unbelievable and you just had to create a little bit of space uh for him and he would do the rest so mm. yeah um yeah got some really good memories playing alongside him so good another i just want to i actually never told anyone this but there's two players that have sprayed the like just sprayed the hell out of me on a footy field. One's the great Wendell Saylor. <laughs> Loved it. Another one, and this was this was in reserve grade, Rocket Rod Jensen. <laughs> was right. he, did he love to just chirp or yeah, what? Am no, I no, misremembering? Yeah. <laughs> he would spray that. I was like, what the hell? It's in resis too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Rocket, yeah, he would uh he was good on the on the <laughs> chat as well. So it didn't matter what uh level he was playing, he'd, yep. he'd throw it. Oh mate, I was rattled because I was like 17, 18 going, what's doing? He was a gun, he was so quick. And the only <laughs> other player that have been that that uh chats a lot on the field is Brother Hodgie, Uncle Hodjo. <laughs> Uncle Hodjo does not stop. And I feel like that when I say Hodjo, I was like, Hodjo, just so you know, I can't throw them, bro. So, like, you're on your own. Yeah. I'll hold some jerseys or something, but I'm not throwing them. Um, okay, so you arrive, um, you know, you arrive in uh, North Queensland, 2005, and, like, what an incredible year, like. Was was there a feeling around the joint when you got there, or yeah, like it was they had a, a pretty good team um, mm. already. Um, so you know they made the prelim final, um, and then yeah, I think round two, our so they recruited me as a six, mm. and then round two or three, I think our halfback uh, Shepherd broke his ankle, so I got moved to seven, and uh, with that. Um, Muzz pretty much gave me the keys to the team mm. uh, Aaron Payne And I really enjoyed that responsibility uh, mm. Of number seven um, mm. Leading the boys around the park And, and calling the shots And uh, yeah So that was a, a breakout year for me mm. um, Made my debut uh, that year for Queensland And um, yeah uh, We end up making the grand final Um losing to the Tigers but um, yeah personally and as a club that was a, a really successful year for mm. us so really enjoyed it what was the headspace heading into the grand final for that season I know you, you obviously made your origin debut but the, it's one thing being in a grand final as like a centre or a winger or someone coming off the bench it's another one being you're the guy 
you got to get it done kind of thing. Was that yeah. different pressure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, like, um, you know, I was lucky to play with Lockie uh, in Origin. Mm. And the one thing he said to me was the preparation will be the key to his success. Mm. So that always stuck with me, making sure that I prepared real well. Um, you know, I did my video work. Mm. Um, I knew how to execute the game plan. And, you know, when uh, you play the game, that's meant to be the easy part mm. of the week. So, um, but yeah, it is a whole different uh, type of pressure. Um, mm playing in the grand final. Um, sometimes uh, you can try and overplay your hand uh, in big games, but yep. you know you still just need to remain uh, calm and, and, and you know make sure that you're um, you know, sticking to what you know, do best. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was such a great experience for me, even though that we lost, um, still hurts. Uh, you yeah. know, get over <laughs> a, losing an NRL grand final, but um, yeah, uh, that was the Cowboys' first ever uh, yeah. grand final appearance. So um, yeah, really enjoyed that experience. It's um, you you may have not thought about it like this, but it's like so interesting from a fan's perspective. Myself, where you know Benji had his moment in that grand final. Yeah. And you know, ten years later you got to have your moment in your grand final. <laughs> like it's pretty it's pretty poetic. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I still remember him running past me. <laughs> <laughs> just make the tackle, mate. Like and he just put a goosey on me straight past me. Yep. Called touch, but he didn't look passes. But um yeah, so um yeah. And you know, that was my uh, you know, two thousand and four, one one, uh mm. two thousand and five, playing in another one. Mm. Um you know, once everything sort of calmed down, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to play in a lot more grand finals. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we've got a great side. Mm. If everyone can stay fit, um, we've got great coaching staff. Mm. And then, yeah, it just took us another ten years to get there. So oh, it yeah. was, um, yeah, it was it was tough, but mm. um, it's all worth it in the end. Do you do you remember anything specifically from that grand final that stands out, like a, a little moment or you know an effort from a player or? Um, I remember, so there's a big moment. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I remember when Ty Williams scored in the in the corner, mm. and Amanda uh, was about to uh, rule it a try, and I forget who was the touchy, but they sent it back upstairs, and um, uh, they ruled it a no try from an obstruction, and uh, so for the next like ten minutes, I reckon I was just into the touchy and just lost focus of the game. Like oh, okay. I was just, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that sort of took me out of the game a bit mm. uh, and, and rattled me. Um, so that's probably, yeah, what I remember most about it other than Benji flick passing it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like the whole scenes, even though, you know, like I remember uh, – the bus ride to the airport mm. in Townsville, like, you know, mm. we went all through Townsville and, you know, there wasn't a, f you know, a, a front yard that didn't have yeah. people in it. Mm. Like, they just love their footy in the north and um, got great support. So uh, you remember those moments and then, you know, even though that we lost when we got back uh, to the airport, like the airport, you couldn't move in the airport, you Something know. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it was a success in a way, but it was also... <laughs> Uh, a failure. Did you, you know, because you're so competitive as a player, like that's almost your, not your secret weapon, it's your, it's your strongest weapon. But at the same time, you, I mean, you'd know much more than me, but like you've got to balance that sometimes. And like, do you think that 
it took you a few years to realize when situations like that happen just to just to let it go yeah yeah, yeah so it's um you know and you're always going to make errors mm. um and when you make an error uh some people dwell on it and uh mm. you know it takes them a while to get back into the game and mm. um yeah so i was pretty lucky where learning from that experience um that you know when things happen uh, yeah. i can just let it go and and get a good get a really good involvement um whether it's touching the ball or making a tackle or whatever mm. it is because yeah. um, you don't want it to take you out of the game so yeah, errors sure. are a part of the game you're gonna mm. miss a tackle that'll lead to a try you're gonna you know drop the ball um these things will happen mm. um but yeah it's how you react from it mm. so yeah i learned that pretty quickly yeah it's um it is. It, you see a lot of the like hyper competitive players sometimes, especially when they're younger. Like for, for example, I'm extremely competitive, yeah. and if I made an error, I'd be like Devo for like. I remember <laughs> when I went to Ivan at the Warriors. My kicking was like I was converting, yeah. and I was at like seventy percent or whatever. And I was so rattled that I wasn't higher. I went to him. I was like, oh, maybe you should like get someone else to kick because I'm not doing that well. <laughs> That's how bad I was, bro. I used to rattle me. So I, I just find it yeah. interesting with yourself. You're super competitive. How did you balance that? But what a great lesson to learn. Take us quickly just back to Origin debut. How'd you? And also, what's so incredible about this? This is the start. This is the start of the dynasty. Yeah. So 2005, um, we had a good start to the year with the Cowboys, mm. and um, yeah, I remember getting the phone call. Um, I had a heap of my mates in Townsville that watched <coughs> the Cowboys play, so they were all staying at my place and uh, we got the phone call I'm like I'm playing Origin and no it way. all just erupted in the house and then yep. you know we go out and have a big night and uh, <laughs> yeah get to the airport in the morning <laughs> and all the boys are fresh and I'm hung <laughs> and Billy Johnson just gives me a spray straight away and I'm like oh it's not a good start but um, yeah you know get into camp um, Michael Hagen was our coach yep. then in 2005 and um, yeah I remember uh, a training uh, session, so I think it might have been our second training run because um, I was just like a massive fan of Lockie. So, yeah, yeah. like, you know, like I just uh, idolised him. Yeah. And uh, here I was, you know, playing alongside him. And, um, yeah, I was pretty much a passenger. And, mm. uh, yeah, he pulled me aside and said, you know, for me to do my job, I need you to do your job. So yeah, yeah. you and Smithy get the boys around the park and when I want it, it's your, you know, job to get me the ball. And yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that was a big uh, moment for that week. And then, uh, yeah, the game rolls around and I think we might have been 18 nil up at half time, And I remember walking off the uh, ground uh, at Suncorp going, Origin's not what it's all cracked up to be, <laughs> like thinking that. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, we come out and I think it's like 25 minutes in or might have been half an hour into the second half where behind 1918 oh. <laughs> and I've never, ever, ever in my life thought that again about Origin. Um, so I learnt a lesson extremely quickly. But uh, yeah, that was you know a big clutch moment uh, for myself as mm. well. Um, I kicked the field goal uh, to send it into extra time, and yep. uh, Matty Bowen uh, takes the intercept. Bro, I was uh, sitting, I was sitting because yeah, we so. played in the Queensland game before you guys. Yep. Yeah, and I was just sitting there watching, and it was like right there. 
Yeah, I know. He just pounced on it and, uh, yeah, put it under the sticks and I just remember running down towards him <gasps> and these people jumped over it, like, all on top of him. And, um, yeah, so we won that game and then uh, they brought a bloke back uh, oh. named Andrew Johns <laughs> uh, for game two and three. And I don't think I've ever learnt as much um, about a rugby league game uh, from an opposition player mm. than I did in those two games uh, yeah, well, playing yeah. against Joey. Yeah. Um, his pass selection, uh, his kick selection, um, you know, his running game. Um, and, yeah, he just come back and um, yeah, schooled us. <laughs> Mate, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah, so that was uh, quite heartbreaking, but... Um, yeah, learnt so much from those two games by playing against him. Mm. It's um, two two things quickly. When Matty Bowen took that intercept, why was he defending in the centres? Was there was he because he didn't come nah, on so centre? I think he was on the on the wing. Yeah, I was. You were centre. Okay. Yeah, I think Matty Singh might have been uh, at three man. I think. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like it's such a Matty Bowen thing to do. Like <laughs> you, you come off the bench in Origin, and you're on the Sting, and you like oh, incredible. I know, so they're the things that he does. Oh, incredible. Yeah, so um, and also, it's it's really, it's it's uh, so interesting. Like Joey, you know, the one of the greatest ever. You know, the greatest ever New South Wales seven. Like if he didn't come on and put on that absolute clinic. Do we go and have the dynasty? I say we like I was playing. Does Queensland? <laughs> <laughs> does Queensland? <laughs> does Queensland go on that? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, two thousand and six. Um, yeah, we win the. Uh, we lose the first game by a field goal. Um, I think we put thirty on them uh, at SunCorp, and then we go to Melbourne, mm. and um, yeah, I think we're two tries down uh, with about. 12 minutes ago or 14 minutes ago and it was a controversial try the the third one mm. and i remember walking back and uh Lockie was beside me and i was going off my head going oh they don't want us to win this is a thing like yeah. just going off my head and then Lockie <laughs> goes there's still 15 minutes ago we can win this yeah. and then he got us in a huddle behind the try line and uh said the exact same thing and yeah, we end up coming back and uh, winning that game and obviously Lockie picks the ball up and um, scores under oh, the sticks and mate. that starts it. But mm. yeah, you got to wonder if uh, Freddie or Joey are in that New South Wales side in 2006. Um, yeah, whether it's a, a mm. different story. But, you know, we were staring down the barrel of becoming the first ever team to lose four consecutive series mm. in a row, which had never been done in state of origin history. Mm. So, yeah, there was a lot of pressure on on the side. And so, you know, 2006, you all come together and, and just like, you know, Cam Smith, yourself, Lockie, and then you've got, you know, uh, Webby had retired by then, but you've got Petra up front, Matty yeah. Scott, um, you know, the list goes on. And you've got GI in the centre. I mean, it's just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but like... There's plenty of teams that have had gun on paper, but keeping that together and keeping egos to the door, like how did you manage – like because when you go back to the club, you're the man. When yeah. Lockie goes back, he's the man. When Smitty goes – you know what I mean? How did yeah. you guys manage to keep that just all directed towards the same um, – Yeah, that's uh, very big what Mal brought mm. uh, to the team. Uh, he was big on leaving your club hats 
at the door. Mm. Um, you're now playing for your state, um, and you know while leaving your um, hat there, you're leaving your ego there and putting the team first. So mm. yeah, Mel's big on on that, and. Yeah, there was no egos in that side. Like we had, you know, Lockie, um, Petro, Pricey, um, you know, Billy, Smithy. Yeah. Like the list goes on. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a stacked team. But, um, yeah, everything was about uh, putting the team first. So mm. um, Mel was big on that. And then, you know, it started with the leaders as well, those boys that, I, that I'd mentioned. And so the next few years, well, what, what's the most memory? Because like if we went through every single year, you know, it'd be a bloody four hours. <laughs> um, I think you got a game to go or something like that. <laughs> but, but like what, what series stands out for you? For, for me personally as a fan, it's like obviously when you did your shoulder and you're hanging by a thread and you, and you kick that conversion and all that kind of stuff. But what, what for you personally? Um, 2010, mm. um, the whitewash. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably the 2006, that – um, you know, the amount of pressure, um, knowing what the conversations that Mal had with uh, Lockie and Petro and Pricey, I think it was, before the game, um, okay. the night before. Might have been two nights before. Um, so, you know, basically said if we lose this, um, your origin careers are over and so is mine uh, as a coach. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, you know, <laughs> being the first team to lose four series in a row, like mm. it's uh, huge. But, yeah, 2006 and then 2009, uh, we'd won the series 2-0. That was the first time we'd won 2-0, mm. um, but didn't go on with the whitewash. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, 2010, 2-0 and, um, yeah, got the third game. So, yeah, yeah I remember... At the start of that, um, you know, Lockie saying, you know, if you have a look at the history of um, what people remember, they remember White Washers. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're probably the two series that yeah, I'm going Yeah, wow. it doesn't um, <laughs> It's like, it's just so many years, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you just want so many yeah. years. Um, yeah. So, what's, what's it like, you know, as, a, as a, a half, or especially a half and also a six? I don't think people appreciate the relationship between your nine and your seven and how important it is you get good service. What's it like playing with a guy like Smitty? Um, you know, obviously the GOAT, number nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's – there's guys that you have in your team that um, you feel like you're never going to lose. Mm. Um, you know, he was one, Smitty, Lockie and – you know, I played, I played my my test debut with, with Joey. Mm. So they're the three that, oh, yeah. you know, um, when they're in your side, um, yeah. you, no matter what the scoreboard says, mm. uh, you never feel like you're going to lose. So, um, yeah, playing with Smithy um, all those years, you, you get a really good understanding of each other's games and, um, you know, what you're doing. And, yeah, the services the best mm. um, out there um, but just his demeanour on the field as well mm. you know I was the type that wore my heart on my sleeve and you know you could tell if we were 10 points up or you'd tell if we were 10 points behind it was because yeah. you know, I'm erratic <laughs> and wearing <laughs> yeah. my heart on my way you know Smithy and Lockie you could be 40 up and they just still got the straight yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. You could be, you know, 10 behind and they still yep. got the straight face. So, um, yeah, you know, playing alongside those blokes, um, yeah, makes your job uh, very easy. And, 
you know, I was blessed to have um, some great blokes play outside me too, like Billy, um, GI, and Hodjo, mm. mainly the centers, and Bill at, at fullback. So it's crazy. Yeah, so she was a fair uh, left edge with GI and, and Darius Boyd and <laughs> not bad Ash Harrison. So yeah, but yeah, those the nine, seven, six, and one we played a lot of footy together. Yep. Um, now you debut. What year did you debut for Australia? Did you say uh, two thousand and six? Two thousand and six. Yep. And so what? I, I mean, I didn't know this, and I can't believe I didn't know this, but everyone else knew this. You obviously your father was born in New Zealand. Yeah. Now you had you had the opportunity, or did they try to reach out to you play for New Zealand? Or yeah, so Chuck uh, Daryl Halligan mm. uh, had the conversation after the two thousand and four grand final, yeah. uh, asking if I wanted to play for the Kiwis and the Tri Nations. I think it was back then. So yeah, um, I rang Dad and uh, had a conversation with Dad and 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 Mum. And that uh, was a pretty quick no from dad. Dad had been, you know, in Australia since the mid 70s. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, he hadn't been home uh, back to New Zealand. So he said, yeah, you know, feel like he can play state of origin and, yep. and, and for Australia. So mm. I end up uh, turning, <coughs> yeah, the Kiwis down. And yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of years later, I'm playing for Australia. Mate, seeing you in a black and white jersey hurts my heart, bro. <laughs> it fucking hurts my heart, eh? So, so stoked that you didn't do that. Um, KK, so you, so fast forward, I, I'd assume that, like, your debut for Australia, like, it's, I'd assume it's a different feeling to Queensland, but it's as important. Yeah, yeah. So I come off the bench. I mm. had jersey number 14. So Carmichael Hunt was fullback. Okay. Uh, Lockie was six. Yeah. Joey was seven. Oh, and Bedsy was nine. <laughs> uh, I think Mason and uh, Ben Kennedy were the back rowers. <laughs> so, hello. It's crazy. It was, yeah, yep. And um, yeah, I remember getting into camp and just thinking. <sighs> like you know, is this is this real? Yeah. And Joey, Bedsy, and Lockie were really good uh, that week for me. So they would, after training, would put me in different scenarios on the field. Uh, mm. You know, what are you thinking here when you got a player here and you got this many on the short side and you know they got the front rower there and the, yeah. you know second rowers caught here and things like that. And mm. So my mind's just going. I'm trying to picture it all like <laughs> yeah. this, but you know, my footy IQ uh, that week just went through the roof yeah, uh, wow. from those three boys, put me in different scenarios after each training session. So, wow. yeah, I was very uh, lucky and blessed. To, that was my first uh, Kangaroos uh, jersey uh, yeah. coming off the bench. And yeah, I'll never forget that week because those three boys played a massive role in it. Wow. What, what do you think the, you know, because Joey and Lockie, they're such different characters, just different. Like, you know, uh, my experience with Lockie, he's, he's a bit more quiet, a bit more leads by example, and, and kind of, obviously, I'm a winger, so he's not really talking to me about <laughs> imagine these scenarios. <laughs> but obviously, Joey is, is different. Yeah. What, what do you reckon? Like the difference in the way they try to get their message across to you? Oh, they're both, you know, the greatest. Like, yeah. you know, their, their footy um, nous and, and what they know about the game is second to none. Mm. You know, there isn't too many better than those two. But, mm. um, you know, I love listening to them both uh, on Channel 9 when they uh, break, you know, 
individual plays down and things mm. like that because uh, they give the insight to the viewer, um, you know, so great um, yep. and what made them so, so good. But, yeah, you know, they're both um, the same in that way, but as you said, they're two different uh, characters mm. uh, away from the field. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, on it, uh, they got a lot of similarities. Yep. Um, okay, now, I, I sh- not I assume, I'd know, you know, the, the Indigenous All-Stars <clears throat> the way that all came together, I guess, you know, when that is all coming together and then when you finally get that Indigenous and All-Stars game together and you see the impact it has, does it almost overwhelm you, the impact that you do have on the community? Uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say overwhelm. Um, it's a it's a position uh, that don't take lightly Mm. um you know like like i said having a deep understanding um of the history of our our nation uh what our culture has been through Mm. um and where our culture is going um you know we've got an opportunity there to inspire the next generation uh to be whatever they want to be and you know the opportunities that are there and available for them now weren't mm. around when mm. I was at school. They weren't around with my mother, grandparents and, and the like. So, um, yeah, that game, um, you're representing our culture and you can see, um, you know, a lot of the kids now, um, they're not walking around with their cowboys or uh, broncos or whatever. They're walking around in their indigenous jerseys, yep. kicking the footy around. So, you know, rugby league's been a big part of our culture um, mm. and, you know, it means it's more than just a game mm. uh, for our culture and the way that they've got it now with the, the Mouldy team as well mm. um, is a perfect fit uh, for both cultures coming together. And, um, yeah, very uh, grateful uh, for that opportunity mm. uh, to happen because if it didn't, um, I don't know whether I would have went searching for uh, the history of our nation, but also yeah. the history of uh, and, and uh, my family history as well. So, mm. yeah, forever indebted uh, to that game, mate. I, I I think the setup we've got now is perfect. Yeah, Moldy, yeah. Indigenous, it's so good. I like it's it's seriously one of my favourite games of the the year. Just because like you know that this is more than rugby league. Like yeah. this isn't yeah. just about oh you know I get a big contract from a club and whatever. Like this yeah. is genuinely. Yeah. You'd play, you'd pay to play in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the boys are playing it for free. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> don't tell, don't say that loud, though. The boys want their fucking pay. The boys want their pay. Jeez. <laughs> um, okay. So, Dally M four times. Yep. Four times. Does that still feel weird? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, four times. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. Yeah, well, I remember my first one um, against uh, Joey. So Joey only played 14 games, I think, that year. Yeah. I played every game. <laughs> and uh, I think I beat him by one point. <laughs> he played 14 games and I played another 11 or 12 more than him. So he had an incredible year that year. So, um, yeah, and I looked up to joey uh, on the field as yeah. well so um yeah and then you know they're all special um but yeah that fourth one um i was quite emotional uh getting that one mm. um just the fact that 
you know, Joey was the only one that had won three because yep. I held him in such high regard mm. um, that, yeah, to get the, the fourth one, the only player to have four. Um, yeah. yeah, just overcome with emotion and, you know, I was – Really lucky to play, um, you know, with my teammates there at the Cowboys. Mm. They're, they're a big part of that as well. So um, we had a pretty good uh, couple of years there with those last two that, I, that I'd won. Yep. Um, and so was there ever a period, speaking of the Cowboys boys, was there ever a period where, I know I've seen some stories about it, but I'd, I'd love to hear where you considered going somewhere else from the Cowboys? Because was there a year or two where it just didn't, like there was a lot going on and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so 2013, uh, I was off contract um, and the closest that I'd ever uh, thought about leaving was to go to Penrith mm. uh, with Gus. Uh, i Gus. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, I had a um, meeting uh, with Gus um, and then, you know, uh, part of the package would have been, you know, um, Channel 9 and then, um, you know, some other um, corporates as well living in Sydney. So mm. um, being the face of their, um, uh, their Indigenous programs and all that. So yeah. all, the, all that stuff uh, which I'm passionate about. Um, and, yeah, I remember telling my manager before he dropped me off at the um, Sydney airport, um, that, you know, like I can do four years down here. Yeah. Um, Let's do the deal down here, and wow. um, I'll, I'll, yeah, that'll be it. And then I got it back to Townsville, and um, yeah, having the conversation with uh, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I've agreed to go to Penrith. <laughs> We're going to Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, you're going on, yep." Can I know? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, no, no! So I uh, pleaded with her to um, yep. just give me four years <laughs> in Sydney, and you know we pretty much can live anywhere in uh, Australia after that. So, yeah. Um, yeah uh, Great mate of mine come around as well and had a conversation with him and then I think it might have been the next day I rang my manager and said, have you told Gus yet? And he goes, yeah, they're pumped to do the press release and I'm just shitting bricks going, Ugh. He's like, why? And I'm like, oh, I can't go. And the wife's telling me I'm down by myself. And he was like, no, nah, I haven't told him yet. I knew oh. spoken to you. Oh. <laughs> so it was, it was good like that. Yeah. Um, I said, yeah, well, I've got to ring Gus and let him know I'm not coming. So mm. I reckon it took me about 45 minutes an hour to tell him that I couldn't come uh, to Penrith. But I end up, uh, yeah, calling him and uh, eventually blurted it out to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I had to turn oh, him down. Mate, happy wife, happy life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Yep, so. Um, so leading us into 2015, you know, like it's just – even even as a Broncos, you know, fan myself, it's still just such an incredible grand final. All Queens, it just everything was set up for this moment. That year, what, leading into that, was it now? Did it feel like now or never? Like because you had the squad, it was all coming together, or did you yeah. feel, you know? Yeah. So twenty fourteen, uh, 
got bundled out by the Roosters, I think. And then that wasn't a seven tackle, was it? Which one was a seven nah, tackle? That was year the before. Manly one. <laughs> yeah, Come one on, before. seven tackles. <laughs> Actually, that was a Sharkies, and then it was Kieran Foran's hand of God. I think it was <laughs> <laughs> the knock on. But um, yeah, and then we got bundled out by the Roosters, so mm. we were fairly confident uh, with the 2015 season. And then I think our first three games we lost, um, and yeah, I think our third game we lost to the Broncos. Mm. I think you put 40-odd on us, I think. So <laughs> we started 0-3. Oh, no. And, um, yeah, I think my second daughter was born that uh, during that period. So I remember telling the boys, let's go and wet the head and celebrate something <laughs> because we haven't got anything going on at the moment. And uh, we did that. And then, yeah, we're playing Melbourne at home, who we'd never had much success uh, against. And, um, yeah... We were down by seven with, I don't know, five to go. We scored in the corner. I kicked the goal from the sideline. Mm. Uh, we're down by one. And then, yeah, I kick a field goal. Um, that goes into extra time. We have a couple of slots each and then I end up kicking it. And um, I think we won our next 11 after that. So that really um, set the tone for us. And we won a lot of close games that year by less than four points, uh, mm. a couple of golden point games as well. So it didn't matter what the scoreboard was saying. Uh, we always had that belief that, um, you know, we could score tries uh, and score them from anywhere. Mm. So, yeah, heading into the the grand final, um, yeah, we're, we're quietly confident. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> You, you got to make it make it count when, yep. it, when it happens, and um, there was only two or three of us that had played in a grand final before. Mm. Um, mm. The rest were uh, never done it. So um, trying to keep the boys calm, and there's so much going on off the field, um, mm. outside. You got to organise tickets and you know accommodation for family and all this type of stuff. So yeah. you got a lot of distractions, but um, you know you got to make sure that the players you know concentrate when it's time to concentrate and. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was no doubt my greatest memory on the rugby mm. league field, um, helping win that premiership for the Cowboys. Do you think? Because the the interesting thing about that game is like, from a watching anyway, obviously on you'd felt it better, but it did feel like for most of the game, Broncos had the momentum. Do you think that like your career of learning, like obviously Lockie saying, there's still 15 minutes to win this game stay in this game, stay in this game. Do you think that really helped you? Because, like, the, the last 15 minutes for you guys, like, that's what won it. Like, yeah. really won it for you. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember coming off at half time and uh, sat in my seat and uh, Greeny come over to me and just gave me an absolute spray. <laughs> <laughs> A Greeny spray. Yeah. Get your head in the game. That's not what you're about. Um, so, um, and then I think it might have been, like, maybe five minutes into the second half, I've gone for a fifth tackle long kick and uh, end up kicking it into the blocker that was in front of us. So oh. it was a penalty. So I'm going back to my edge and uh, Coops, uh, Gavin Cooper just said, give me a bit of a spray and said, we need you here. Like we yeah, need yeah. you. So I just snapped out of it. And um, yeah, we we're behind by most of the game. And uh, the thing that I love uh, about how it sort of all came about is the Cowboys were brought in the competition so that, you know, local talent could stay in North Queensland mm. and still play in the NRL. Michael Morgan, um, 
Throws the flick pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played footy at Townsville Brothers. Uh, yeah. He's he's most of his uh, life. And then Cole Felt, who yeah. scored the try, another Townsville local junior. So um, that's what the Cowboys were brought in. It's just fitting that those two boys played such a significant part in mm. the Cowboys winning their first ever premiership. So that's what I love about it. Mate, it's oh, just incredible. Like when the ball, did it hit the deck and you scooped it up and then you fended off Sammy? Yeah. And yep, then you bounced yeah, around? So, yep. Um, got the ball. I think it was Adam Blair that come flying out of the line. Yeah, I evaded yep. him and uh, started running back and I remember looking over and seeing Morgo over there with a lot of space, so I just threw it to him. I think Corey Parker tackled me and we're both just standing there watching it all unfold. No way. And, uh, yeah, Felty puts the ball down in the in the corner, corner. and, yeah, I'm just going, and this is – this is my moment. Like yeah. I've I've dreamt of this my whole life. There's mm. nowhere else in the world I'd rather be. And I could just remember the lactic acid in my legs just built up. So I was just trying to get that out of my legs. Yep. Um, that's why I took so long because I reckon <laughs> if I'd have taken it straight away, I wouldn't have made the kick towards <laughs> the – wouldn't even got to the upright. So, um, yeah, I remember – uh, grabbing the ball and I think I was getting towards my setup and uh, Alfie Langer runs past and goes, I'll give you 500 if you missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, it made me even calmer. But uh, yeah, so with my goal kicking, um, you know, the closer I am to the sideline, the further I take it back. And this night we had a f uh, fair breeze behind my back. Um, mm. So that's going to hold my hook up. Yep. So I only took it back uh, about 21 metres when I'm in that position. I normally take it back about 23 and that allows my hook to come around. So um, he gave me the spot and I took a half a metre in and put the ball down. and yeah. uh, put the t yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he come and tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, the ball <laughs> put here. So I was like, oh, okay. And then not thinking, I've just put the ball straighter, uh, the tee straight across. Um, if I had taken it back a, another half a <sighs> metre. So I've just put the ball straight across. I've gone through my routine. Um, I wanted to come over the top of that ball, kick it, drill it low and hard at the right upright. Yep. Mm. I was aiming just a half a metre outside the right upright. I stand over the top of the ball, take a couple of deep breaths. I wiggle my toes because I like to get a feeling uh, of where I kick it in uh, on yep. my foot. I take my five steps back, uh, do the same, take my three to the left and half a step back. And when I take that half a step back, I visualise my walk-in, mm. visualise kicking the ball and visualise it going through the sticks and mm. then visualise it back on the tee. And um, once I've done that, take a couple of deep breaths and then count my steps in. And as a goal kicker, you just know it's going to go through the sticks mm. and it felt pure, it felt <sighs> flush and... Yeah, as soon as it came off the boot, I could have just yeah put my house on it. And uh, I remember raising my hand and it's coming around, coming around and hit the upright and just crushed me, oh. crushed my dreams. Like it was, they're the moments I live for. Mm. Um, you know, I'd put myself in that scenario. Mm. You know, I had boys, you know, practising, like spraying me with water, yeah, really? on me, like yeah, trying yeah. to put me off. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, things like that, giving me all these different scenarios. So that was, yeah, my one time yeah. and uh, I blew it. Oh, man. 
the <laughs> the kings. Wow. <are. laughs> um, and yeah. so again, it's, it's so interesting that you know in that first grand final, you know you were into the touchy like this didn't go, this didn't go right, and this is a perfect moment where you need to just go block it out. Yeah, we can still win this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So again, yeah. Um, so. I remember the boys just all jumping on me and going, we'll get it, we'll get it an extra time. And mm. I was just like, just snapped out of it. I was like, all right, next job is coin toss mm. uh, in extra time. It's five minutes each way. So if you receive the ball, if you get a good uh, attacking set yeah. by the third set, you could be in good field position to mm. have a crack at a field goal. So I always used to like receiving, mm. uh, but... For some reason, uh, I think it was Greeny or Fernsey said that we're going to kick off. Wow. So, yeah, and I don't know why I didn't overrule them. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. But we decided to kick off and, yeah, I took my mark on the sideline where I always <laughs> hide when we kick off so no one runs at me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember when Felty kicked the ball, I was scooting down there and just waiting for the ball to come down, come down, and yeah. it was just – couldn't see it and then yeah Benny Hunt uh, dropped it and yeah. I've just yeah given myself a, a fist pump and yeah. was like all right let's do this and um, I wanted to have a crack straight off the scrum in perfect yeah. position we had um, you know the scrums on the 10 meter line defensive lines on the try line mm. I'm on the 20 so the only pressure I'm going to get is from Darius because yep. Darius always packs a lock on the scrum and I put two blockers <coughs> in front of me and told them you know block Darius, mm. I'm gonna have a crack straight away. Yeah, and uh, I remember when I got the ball, um, Darius just ran straight past. The <laughs> boys just watched him run straight past <laughs> like that. So I end up taking the tackle, and um, yeah, next tackle, Jace gets tackled next to the try line, and yep. we're too close. So I think I hit Cootie. Uh, we end up on the sideline, then I'm panicking because we're in the worst position ever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah Jimmy Tamo. Gets a real quick play of the ball and then, um, yeah, I just remember I dropped the ball and, yeah, come off the boot and I looked up and it just sailed through the sticks and I ran and jumped on Cootie and yeah. uh, all the boys, you know, it was, yeah, my greatest memory on the on a rugby league field. Mate. It was so good. It just, I can still, I can still envision it. It was absolutely incredible. What was the, I guess, because you clearly like embrace these big moments, you love them. But like the whole set, even as soon as Benny Hunt drops that ball, I'm sure in your head going, I have to hit this field goal. Uh, I don't miss twice. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, like I just remember just, yeah, like I said, giving myself a fist pump and going, all right, let's yeah. take let's take it straight off the – off. you know, I'm not going to get any pressure and um, – <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, didn't get it off the scrum, but, um, yeah, we got ourselves in a good field position and Jimmy Tarmel got a really quick play of the ball for us and, yeah, when it come off the boot, it just sailed through and, yeah, I remember the boys all over the top of me and I remember Gavin Cooper grabbing me going, we did it like that, and he's headbutting me. <laughs> he <laughs> split me across the, across the eyebrow, so I think I had six stitches across my eyebrow from him headbutting me. And um, but yeah, you know it was. Ugh. I loved uh, playing for the Cowboys. Like 
North Queensland endures a lot of uh, natural disasters. Mm. I've been there, mm. you know, when cyclones have hit, mm. uh, droughts have hit, you know, so um, they're resilient people. Mm. And when the Cowboys play, no matter what they're going through in their life, um, that 80 minutes, it's like their worries can just go away and they can just, you know, live for that 80 minutes. So yeah. that was never lost on me. Um, and, um, yeah, to win that first premiership for the people of, of the North uh, mm. that have endured so much, um, you know, in North Queensland mm. uh, with those natural disasters, yeah, it's, it's it was such a good feeling getting back to Townsville and taking the trophy all through North Queensland out to Mount Isa. Yeah, it was one heck of a time. Oh, yeah. It's just inc- like who, you know, you're a young kid in Brisbane, no club when you're 18 years old, <laughs> yeah. and then you get to have a moment that is just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. You know, and everyone plays their role in it as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good good team, good coaching staff, and, um, yeah, just, you know, no one can take that away from you when mm. you're part of the first ever uh, premiership team. Have you heard the call back with Rabs? Um, Mate, it's one of the greatest calls <laughs> in rugby league history. It's kind of like it takes a step into folklore, uh, into yeah. immortality, mate. Yeah. And like Rabs is, oh, man, it's so, know, so good. So, yeah, yeah, I know. And then, yeah. I remember, uh, well, Channel 9 did the thing for, for Rabs and I remember them saying that that was his, out of all the moments so that good. he's had. Yeah. And he's done horse racing, oh. Olympics. Yeah. Um, he's done everything. everything. Yeah. Uh, he said that moment was his most favourite and I was, it blew my mind. Yeah. Um, getting a bit emotional talking about it because oh, he's a mate. legend. Of, he's a legend. Uh, yeah, so um, very, very... Um, yeah, taken aback by it. Oh, incredible. Incredible. And I, I, the thing, you know, that I always say to people that maybe aren't from Queensland or whatever, even as Broncos fans, we're devastated. We're still happy that it was another Queensland club. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're happy for yeah. North Queensland. I think everyone was like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gold Coast, the same thing. Whereas yeah. I feel like in New South Wales, it's a little bit different where, like, you know, Penrith aren't going to be happy for Dragons getting no. the win in a grand final, <laughs> no. you know, whereas a lot of Queenslanders are like, oh, you know what, yeah. they're a Queensland side, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Um, okay, so so then the, the following few few years for you, when did you start because uh, you retired 18? 18. 18. Yeah. When did that first decision kind of begin, do you think? Yes, uh, I signed a four-year deal um, uh, ending in 17. Mm. Um and then Greeny had conversations with Greeny and Pari about going again in, in 18. And um, so that was pretty early on in 17, I think. And then um, I think the test, I hurt my shoulder, Anzac test, uh, come back, play a game for the Cowboys, uh, then play the second state of origin. Um, and then, yeah, blow my shoulder out in that game. Um, and... Yeah, I'm kind of glad 
that I had that extra year uh, with the boys because uh, mm. you're a long time retired. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably what I, you know, apart from those moments, uh, you miss the, the dressing room yeah. uh, with the boys because, mm. yeah, you're in there each and every day. Oh, and the, the banter. There's nothing uh, like it. I know. So, so good. Yeah, that's what you miss. But, yeah, 2018 retired. Um, but, yeah, still enjoyed those, those last few years. Um, actually, I forgot to ask you, the Clive Churchill. Like winning yeah. that, yep. <laughs> Do you, what, what's the feeling like? You've yeah, already... so um, to be honest, I didn't think I deserved it. Okay, uh, on there, and um, I remember uh, going up on stage and, and getting it, and I come back down, and uh, Greenie was waiting with me, and um, Maddie Scott was was there, and uh, Greenie was like, "Give me a look," and I was like, "Oh, I didn't." I deserve this. Yeah, and wow. he sprayed me. Oh, really? He said, yeah, there's no one, you know, that deserves it more like you. Yeah. Um, don't you ever think it like that again. Yeah. Like that. So um, I wore it with pride yeah. after that. But, um, yeah, it's a huge honour to win the, the Clive Churchill yeah. uh, medal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did have those feelings. Those, that oh, that I probably wasn't uh, the best player on the ground that night. But, um the judges thought so. Hey, mate, you had the biggest plays. <laughs> you had the biggest plays, man. The biggest <laughs> plays. Um, okay, so what was it like? You were injured 2017. Yep. And the run that Michael Morgan went on, I, I, to this day, is honestly one of the some of the best half footy <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, what was that like riding the boys from – obviously, you're super competitive. You want to be on there. But riding the boys from the sideline. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed uh, that side of it. Um, so my uh, mindset changed uh, from, you know, disappointment, devastation um, to how do I help, you know, this team? Uh, how do I help the coaches and the boys? So, you know, I was doing video work with Greeny and the coaching staff, um, helping, you know, the team out where I could. So, um, yeah, I remember... I think it was round 26, and uh, we had to wait for a result. Uh, yeah. So we're the all boys had their jeans packed, <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> so we're all waiting to uh, celebrate or go on, on Mad Monday or yep. we're going you know, back to work on, uh, on Monday. So uh, the result fell, fell our way and, uh, yep. yeah, come into training and the boys just had a, a spring in their step and, mm. yeah, worked really closely with uh, Morgo and, um, yeah, he was phenomenal. Uh, through that that period mm. uh, really calm and collected and just understood his role uh, mm. understood what it, the team needed in specific times um mm. he was playing yeah beyond his years uh with the composure um and the maturity uh that he that he had mm. um so yeah it was a really good riding uh the boys and and playing a role in a different capacity than mm. what you do when you're playing with them so yeah extremely proud of what they achieved uh that for that run yeah um again even though we got you know smashed in the uh gf by the storm um yeah we yeah really proud of the boys uh, was that the first time? Because like you're obviously part of the Queensland coaching staff this last year. Yeah. Was that the first time you got a bit of a taste for that kind of role? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I would sit in and do video work mm. and um, be looking at the watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Man, the mate. amount of work uh, that coaching staff put in, like I just didn't 
that was the first time I really yeah. actually seen it uh, hands on. So mm. I had a real uh, appreciation of the work that they do for us as players, yeah, mate. Uh, cutting all the vision, so coming up with the game plan and things like that. So yeah, that was my first part of uh, doing that, mm. and um, I really enjoyed that part of it as well. And yeah. Um, yeah, very lucky. Um, you know, Greeny asked me to uh, help uh, as an assistant uh, when he got the Origin job. Uh, Kevy helped me come on as a mentor as well when he had the uh, Maroons when I finished in uh, 2018. So, um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. And, yeah, Billy's uh, got me into a specific role. So, yeah, he's asked me to stay on again this year. But that was the first time yeah. uh, in 2017 that I really had that yeah, eye opener of the amount of hours that they spend oh, on it. Seriously, so. um, <laughs> I don't know how they do it because you got to watch every game, every game, and then yeah. cut it all up. Yeah. And oh, mate, yeah. every tackle, oh. every pass. Seriously. Yeah. Um, speaking of Greeny, what's you know obviously rest in peace. He's, he was I, I was um, under him when he was at Wynnum. Yeah. When he first started his head coaching kind of role, what's a just a, a fond memory you have of the great Greeny? Oh. Lots. Um, he was the he, life of the party. I uh, yeah. loved having a good time, yeah. loved bringing people together. Um, and I had some really tough conversations with him as well, but mm. um, we'd have those conversations and then, you know, we, we could move on. Um, yeah, I still remember the first time um, whilst I'd met him, but when he'd been named uh, the, the the coach of the Cowboys were at the Dally M's. So we caught up for a beer before we went to the Dally M's. Mm. And um, yeah, he just hit me between the eyes of it. Like, you know, um, from an outsider looking in, like, how do you think the Cowboys are perceived? And I was like, oh, I don't really care what it's, what how we're perceived. I don't yeah. care about what's, you know, inside those four walls. Mm. And he's like, well, you can't win away from home and can't win without you. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And I was well, so we need to take our training to another level so mm. that when we play away from home, we can win. Mm. And if you're injured, uh, you know, the boys uh, uh, can can win without you. Yeah. So I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Let's do this. And, um, yeah, I had a really good relationship uh, with Greeny on and off the field. And, yeah, he was certainly like a mentor of mine as well mm. uh, could ring him you know post footy um have good chats with him uh see if i needed any advice uh, i could go to him like that so mm. yeah he had a, a real big impact on me and uh the decision to retire when you when did you know for sure when did you go this is yeah it's it probably the one regret that i have mm. is uh Publicly saying it, uh, I think it put a lot of pressure on the players uh, within the club. Okay. Um, you know, because it was towards the back end, it was more about myself than the actual game and okay. what we were doing and yeah. what we were trying to achieve. So um, if I could take that back, I certainly would have mm. and just <laughs> kept it on, on ice <laughs> and just, you know, played it with a straight bat. But, yeah. you know, I come out and said, you know, this will be my final year and mm. – um, yeah, I was, you know, mentally and um, emotionally and physically uh, done. So, um, you know, I was blessed to have so many great memories and um, lucky that, you know, I could make that decision on my own terms. Um, a lot of players don't get that, uh, make that decision. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, but 
Right. Yeah, I was I was done uh, at the end of that season, but yeah, yeah still got you know a lot of great memories uh, playing alongside those those boys. And this is just a personal question, bro, but. How much strapping tape did you use throughout your career? <laughs> <laughs> Holy heck is bar. You're hanging by a thread at the end. Yeah. How did you catch balls with the shoulder brace? Yeah, so when, whenever I, when I got the shoulder Rico and I had to wear the brace, I couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> yeah, so well, the first time I got my shoulders done, I got uh, my left one done. Uh, and then six weeks later, I got my right one oh. done. So I had to get, yeah, so, and then, yeah, in 2017, got me right one done again, and um, I don't know how I did it in 2007, uh, getting two done six weeks apart, because it was the most pain I'd ever been in. But yeah, so yeah, just you just get used to the shoulder braces that you you wear, but yeah, the strapping tape was a little bit... Did you ever roll out the... Oh, my shoulder brace stopped me from catching the ball. <laughs> just once, just once. I couldn't get my arm back up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some dodgy service sometimes from Gavin Cooper. In <laughs> um, post-career, like, obviously, you know, part of the coaching staff now and been for a few years in Queensland, is is that something that you're interested in, do you think? Um, yes, I'm enjoying my role that Billy's got me at the mm. moment. And, um, yeah, I did some work... Uh, with the Cowboys uh, last, not the preseason, just gone the preseason before. Mm. Um, so I really enjoyed that as well. Mm. Um, I don't think I've just got too much on my plate yeah. to get back into the system oh. of an NRL club because right. uh, I know what uh, once you're in there, and these days too, devote, uh, everything to it. So yeah. um, maybe when the kids are a bit, little bit older, but yeah. at this stage, yeah, I've got no desire uh to be a full-time uh, in that full-time role and like i said i'm enjoying what i've got now with billy and, and yeah. helping uh the cowboys out when i can and uh you know for for younger fellas and, and girls coming through like obviously you you conquered the fact that you know a lot of scouts and whatever said oh he's not big enough in all, all that carry on what what did you used to tell yourself to to keep the confidence up that you could probably tell a young kid mate don't listen to this or do listen to this or this is how you can get past these kind of tough, tough paths. Yeah, so like I said earlier, the belief in myself never wavered mm. and um, I'm a big Tom Brady fan so I used to yeah. watch a lot of clips on on Tom right. Brady and um, one of the things that he said early on in his career was um, if you don't believe in yourself, why should anyone else believe in you? Mm. And that really resonated with me and, um, you know, that's what always drove me um and yes like i said i had a chip on my shoulder when i'd come up against different players um mm. because of you know they were wearing the broncos track suit or you know they were you know it was either him or me yeah um so yeah just keep keep working on your skill set and you know just believe in yourself you know you're gonna get knocked down you're gonna life's full of that mm. um but you know you keep getting back up and, mm. and keep you know pressing forward and um keep believing in yourself you know it doesn't matter if it's rugby league or you know if you want to be a nurse or a lawyer or a doctor or a surgeon or mm. you know police officer whatever it is maybe that you're choosing in your life um you're going to have setbacks uh but that's just part of life mm. um um, you know what doesn't break you just makes you stronger mm, absolutely now ask all the boys this Actually, before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that, <clears throat> your combination with Mango, like Matty Bowen, like 
was it something that you rocked up day one and you did your first skill session and you just knew or yeah, was so it something had, you built on? Yeah, no, so we worked on it. Um, but uh, we had a really good uh, relationship off the field as well, mm. which which helped. So we just had like the sixth sense um, around each other mm. and, um, you know, I could uh, – I could see things sort of happening before it happens, you know, mm. depending on the, the defensive line. And, um, yeah, you just had to give it, like I said, give him the ball and a little bit of space and, and he could do the rest. So, um, but, yeah, we did work hard uh, on our um, – on our combination, and you know, Aaron Payne was a, a big part of that as well. So yeah, you know, yeah. you're getting the service of Payne uh, mm. in those early years, and um, before I arrived, uh, Payne and Mango had that combination already. So I felt like I just added to that. Yeah, and yeah, but Mango was part of the reason why uh, I moved to the Cowboys because so good. Man, he could just <laughs> score magic. something out of nothing. Mate, eh? magic. There's not too many people are like that. He is one of my favourite fullbacks ever to watch. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, you Without know, you say like Darren Lockyer or Billy Slater, maybe they're the, the goats. Yeah. But when it comes to like watching someone and just going, what's doing? <laughs> yeah. It's Matty Bowen, bro. It's Matty Bowen. I know. He does so good. No one else can do. Um, ask all the boys his favourite rapper of all time. Favourite rapper? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. Oh, you're a country man. You're a country man. <laughs> Um, no, uh, favorite rapper, um, I don't know, probably Tupac. Okay, <laughs> no, I, I, um, my first CD ever was Tupac, so I'm with you, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, favorite movie of all time, uh, Shawshank Redemption, mate. We get that all the time. Oh, really? It's a goat movie, though. Yeah, yeah it's gone, yeah. it's yeah. gone. It's my favorite, um, mate. Thank you so much for sitting down with us, bro. I really appreciate no, it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks. Well.